Ladies and gentlemen, Wakanda forever. For this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Long live the king. Long live the king. Cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Uh, are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, I'm a Kendall Richardson. I'm Wayne Stellini. And I'm a Fulia Kantaramaju. And you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yes. Welcome to the show. And if you're a regular listener, you may notice we are one voice short this week. Uh, sadly, mm-hmm. sadly, Mike could not join us, but I'm sure he will be with us once again in the Fred Shed virtually uh, in a week's time from now. So yeah. all the best to Mike at the moment. And um, um, and if it makes... If it makes um, you feel better, Kendall and Fulia. I will happy. I will happily take on um, some of Michael's usual uh, responsibilities of, yep. um, of of reminding you all about certain pop con- pop culture uh, elements and stories mm. and things. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that that you all know and love. <laughs> How you mm. going, Fulia? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and I would like to uh, just take this moment now, because Michael is not here, to uh, formally express his stance on the Freddy versus Jason debate. And <laughs> oh as we all know, the beautiful Michael R. Lister is absolutely 100% unequivocally team Jason <laughs> because as we all know jason lives it was the name of part six for a reason people (laughs) jason lives jason rules uh freddie drools if we even want to you know know who freddie is you don't need to know him he's not that significant in the realms of horror movies and that's a message from michael r lister Oh, I wonder, I wonder, Wayne, if you're reading a script from Mr. Black there. It sounded very, <laughs> very in, in his kind of theme of messaging. It, it, this is true. Yeah. Although Mr. Black's a bit more um, deadpan than I am, isn't he? A bit more, a bit more uptight than I am. And I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mr. Black takes his news very seriously, very seriously. Yes. I've never seen does. that man crack a smile. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he had surgery to prevent that. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not even sure he's got teeth because I've never seen them. Um, <laughs> very, and so, very you know, and I'm I'm never in the room when he's around, so I it's, it's yeah. maybe where maybe it's like a Clark Kent Superman situation. Oh, maybe g- maybe, d- maybe you're one in the same, Kendall. Did yeah. I did I just give up the ghost? I think I may oh, have. Anyway, Fulia. Fulia, my dear. Yes. How how is your week? Uh, my week has been pretty busy. Um, so Monday I got a delivery from IKEA. Oh, hello. And- <laughs> <laughs> hello. She said the I word, people. Okay, pay attention. <laughs> I nearly spat out my tea. 
because you got excited over Ikea. I, well, that and your reaction. It was great. Look. I mean, not, a, war- a warranted reaction, so it's, it makes sense. I will say, look, family tradition in my household that was started by me and really only carried on by me. Once that Ikea catalogue arrives in the post, you grab your cuppa, you grab your Tim Tams, and you go through that bad boy. And and it's all done in one sitting. You can't go through an Ikea catalogue halfway. You have to go from front to back. And sometimes back again. But, um, yes. Has not happened for a while. if... If I ever had that catalogue ever sent to me, I'd do the exact same thing, but I had to do mine virtually. Well, so. I don't, well they, don't, they don't send them anymore, um, fully to my knowledge. Mm. I haven't received one in the post in a long, long time. Um, yeah, same. So, I mean, like, good on them. Um, it's environmentally better. Uh, but I do have to say, if you're there physically in the store when you're allowed to be, um, it's not it's not quite the same picking up the catalogue, is it? And going home and doing it, because you've already seen everything once you've been through the store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that makes sense. Yeah, um, but anyway, sorry, I, I I will be quiet about IKEA. This is your IKEA story. I did not order from IKEA. I did not look through the catalog digitally or otherwise. Back to you, Fulia. Thank you. That's okay. <laughs> so yes, I had a little delivery. Well, I wouldn't say little. It was a delivery. From Ikea, I got myself two pieces of furniture for my study to make this room a little bit more, um, well, to make it look a little bit more different because, you know, sometimes when you rearrange your room, it makes you feel like you're in a different room rather than being in the same room all the time that I have been for the last five months. (laughs) (laughs) Some people put up a new poster and Fulia orders new Ikea furniture. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. This is why we're friends. (laughs) So I ended up buying myself a new desk, a nice long white desk, and I'm loving it right now. That's awesome. Um, I've still got to put together the shelf that's going to go behind me. Oh, I love shelves. Um, (laughs) And that shelf is going to be full of all of my pop culture merchandise. So... (laughs) <laughs> I'll have a background for my streams at least. Nice. Um, yes. So I'm going to do that hopefully this coming week. Uh, but the week that, so the Monday that I did, um, that I did receive the desk was a very busy, busy day. Mm. <laughs> it's probably the highlight of the week because uh, not only did I have to um, edit a particular type of podcast, but I also had to. Uh, I also had to clean up, and then I had to uh, install. Like I had to build and install the desk, and then I had to transfer all of my computer items from the old desk over to the new desk. And you can just imagine how many cables I've had to go through. Yeah. To tra- so where's <laughs> that's your- underneath the desk? So Fulia, where's your older desk now? Uh, so the old desk is now in the garage, mm-hmm. um, potentially going to be used in the future for something else. Um, it's still in pretty good nick, so we don't want to get rid of it yeah. um, e- uh, that easily. Not to mention it was also my sister's to begin with. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Didn't, so we're just going to hold on to that for a bit. So are you creating a little writing nook so you've got some nice peace and quiet in the right atmosphere for your Halloween fan fiction? Is that its purpose? <laughs> no. 
Are you going to repaint it so it's like a nice black colour to get you in the mood of the night? No. Are you going to put mood lighting around there just so no. you can... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't write. <laughs> I you don't do write. write. You, you do write certain fan fiction though, don't you? Fulia? I do not write any kind of fan fiction. I don't know how. How many... <laughs> How many hours did you devote to your Halloween fan fiction this week? None, because I don't have one and I never will. <laughs> so it was four hours in the week. That's slipping for no. you, but I'm glad you still did it. Okay. Wayne! Yes, for you. <laughs> your old desk is not just sitting there lonesome. I love that you're devoting it as a writing space. That's no. amazing. Good on you. Folia, continue. So, yeah, it was a very busy day. <laughs> Them stories don't write themselves. You have been busy. I'm going to kill you. Uh... <laughs> Kendall, did you hear that? I'm going to feature in one of Folia's upcoming fan fiction stories. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be very excited if I was you. <laughs> oh, I reckon you're more excited than anyone. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Fulia, so. darling. Yeah. Fulia, darling. Fulia, darling. I want to hear more. Please go on. <laughs> um. So... Uh, the, yeah, that's pretty much like that particular Monday just was extremely full on for me. So by the end of it, I had really sore knees, a sore yeah. back, and I was just so tired after it. I'm Wayne, sorry. shut up. Get your mind out of the gutter. Oh, man. <laughs> I am shaking my head at you, sir. <laughs> yeah, with, with one eyebrow it. raised. <laughs> I did not say anything. I did not say anything. I, I'm oh, listening. you implied it. <laughs> I implied nothing. <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, yeah, proceed. <laughs> I don't know what else I can really say. Uh, other, than, other than other than the, the busy Monday that I had, I... Uh, been streaming as per usual um, and yeah that's I think that's pretty much all I have been doing this week how about yourself Wayne <laughs> what did you been up to how has your week been <laughs> well Fulia I've been um, working oh. on, a, on a poetry project and um, hopefully there'll be some love poems dedicated to you um, because I think that's the least <laughs> I can do for you at the moment. I'm trying to dig myself out of the hole. <laughs> um, no, like, yeah, I've, look, I've been, I've been, um, at home all week as well. Um, and I'm finding, I don't know if you're all finding this, um, maybe more so you, uh, Fulia, cause Kendall's still leaving, um, the home to go to work is that you'll sometimes have your super productive days and then other, your sort of eh, kind of lazy days. Yeah. Um, hundred percent had that this week been, yeah. been procrastinating a lot about editing that final video that I had to post and, yeah. and, uh, I finally did it. <laughs> is that the wedding 
video? No, 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 no. That was done ages ago. I'm talking oh. about I'm talking about my own content. Oh, that's right. Yeah, your gaming one. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, that's just, look, that's kind of what I've been working on as well. We've been doing a few Fred Watch podcasts. So I've been trying to keep myself um, on top of that, editing those so we can release those weekly. Um, Kendall was kind enough to interview me for a uh, for a little marketing special for the Ooh. up and coming Michael and Philip show. Um, Yay! So uh, I I edited that. We were interrupted by my neighbour quarters <laughs> of the way through it. Yeah. So uh, oh my god, we, we were so deep in conversation and and the momentum was going really well. It was a really good interview. I felt and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was having fun with it. And then my neighbor decides to start working on their backyard. And look, the lawnmower's going and that's okay. And then all of a sudden there's like a chainsaw that decides to go for 20 minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> with some sort yes. of saw, yeah. Yeah, uh, le- uh, leather, leather face has entered the game. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so that was a bit of fun, but once I'd relocated, we continued. So that was, that was kind of fun editing. So, uh, my, my (laughs) answer to that particular question is the shortest answer I have ever given in my life about anything. (laughs) Very uncharacteristic (laughs) of me. So when you, when it comes out and you listen to it and you listen to this wonderful interview that, that Kendall conducted and you go, oh, wow, Wayne didn't ramble on for 20 minutes. I wonder why you're like, oh yeah, that's (laughs) right. Chainsaw. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. He was actually able to answer the question in one sentence for once. I wonder why that is. Um, so yeah, look, have been doing that. Been working on Michael and Philip. Been ha- had a meeting with the production des- with the uh, production designer today, um, asking me questions like um, like I should actually know what I'm talking about. So I think I think I faked it enough. Um, <laughs> About about the characters and and everything. Um, also did another audition this morning, which went really well. That's cool. And yeah, and and yeah, watch, watching a bit of TV and and um and movies and yeah and 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 writing again. I've I've been working on on some poetry um that I hope will I'll, I'll make available um at, at some point this year. Yes. Ooh. How about yourself, Kendall? Me, my week. Well, um, yeah, it's mostly been a pretty good week, actually. Pretty uh, productive. I kept busy on my my days off. I uh, every second week I I get uh, a weekend basically in terms of my roster, and that was this week. Um, and so yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't glued to my TV the whole time, <laughs> um, which is all right. But yeah, uh, some really awesome awesome news on Monday. Uh, I I finally got my new computer. Oh, yay! Hey. yay. Congratulations! Thank you, <clears throat> my new baby, and I'm using it right now to record. So. It's, hey. it's, I'm, I'm loving it, but it's at the same time, it seems too good to be true because I'm like, I've been so used to, uh, using a, a very old laptop for so long. I'm not used to something running so fast and actually doing what it's supposed to do. And Kendall, so, how, how yeah. does it feel being able to use all of the keys on your keyboard? Yes. Oh, it's a dream. Yeah, I, I reckon. Like <laughs> I did, 
I did the, I typed up the run sheet for tonight's show on my computer because I'm like, I don't need to, I, I don't need to do this on my phone now. <laughs> I can, I can, Good on you. I can, do, I can, yeah, I can do it on my laptop. So I yeah, love it. yes. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I'm really, really happy about that. Uh, that was kind of the, the, probably the biggest highlight of my week for that finally arriving. Uh, long, long time coming. Um, and then everything else has just been, uh, you know, keeping busy creatively, uh, m- much podcasting this week, much, yes. much, much talking to you lovely people this week, um, doing podcasts, doing an interview, which was a lot of fun. Um, yes. And yeah, yeah. So, um, there's you know, exciting episodes uh, coming from the Fred Shed, so stay tuned. Uh, more on that later. Uh, and, but yeah, and then uh, in yeah, in I'm kind of lost. News: I've finished Stargate SG One. Oh, <laughs> it's well done. done! It's well done. done. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. I finished it literally last night. Um, How do you feel yeah, now? So, <clears throat> oh, I mean, I feel very very good and accomplished because yeah. like it's it's yeah it's definitely up in my like probably top five shows of all time now like that's how oh, much wow. I that's how much I loved it yeah oh, um yeah so I'm really glad that I uh, but at the same time like Jordan made me my brother made me realize something the other day um <laughs> uh he came in because basically the way Stargate wraps up um it finishes with two uh, straight to DVD movies that they made because the show got cancelled before they could properly end it. Okay. Um, yeah, so they finished it off in two films, which were actually really, really good. Like, if you're a fan of the show, they're like 10 out of 10 movies would recommend. Um, but yeah, I was watching one of them on Friday night and Jordan walked in and he's like, are you, <laughs> are you, are you, are you finished? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. He's like, "How long is that? How long did that take you?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, about seven weeks, maybe less." How many? <laughs> how many episodes, Kendall? How many episodes in Star Trek? Uh, there's, I mean, according to IMDb, there's 213. So wow, um, good effort. Yes, thank yeah. you. T- ten, ten seasons uh, and three movies technically, because I watched the the Roland Emmerich movie at start because the series follows on from yeah. the film so yeah no uh, so that was like yeah so last night when i watched i watched um continuum which is the f- the final film yeah that was freaking awesome and yeah but now i'm like mm, <laughs> i don't have sg1 to watch when i come home now <laughs> it's like, i mean i could i could just go back to the sun and watch it again but no 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 i'm going to expand my horizons into into other other shows and return to the stargate universe for the the um literal the spin-offs one of them of which is literally called Stargate Universe um and the other is Stargate Atlantis so uh, I'll be talking about those in my week that was in no time <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah and then finally uh yesterday was uh not only uh my brother's birthday yesterday but it was Michael Jackson's birthday yesterday the 29th of August so yeah. uh, it's a big big day in my life always every year um but yeah i've pretty much just listened to mj all day while i was at work i was wearing a shirt wearing a jacket just strutting (laughs) around with my kid on it was great um Mm -hmm. yeah and then i blasted after after the 
the day yesterday <laughs> wasn't the best day. Um, I, I I blasted Scream by MJ and Janet in the car on the drive home, and my God, the catharsis was so good. <laughs> 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 Holy yeah. shit! MJ makes things music. better. <laughs> oh, always does, always does. Um, but yeah, and then I yeah after work yesterday came home, and uh, my brother and I uh, had quite a few drinks and chatted for a few hours before I watched. So I watched the Stargate movie with a couple of a couple of drinks in, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe it made me enjoy it more. I don't know. Probably not. I would have enjoyed it the same either way. But yeah, um, but no, we had him and I had a good a good night and um, just hanging out and chatting. And he he had a good birthday. I mean, uh, you know, I can't really do anything obviously because mm. we're still in isolation here in Melbourne. But um, but no, he seemed to be having a good a, a good day. Like he didn't work or anything. He was just chilling at home and. And then yeah, we hung out, and then he he played games with his his mates online uh, while I watched Stargate. So yeah, nice. Yeah, so it was yeah. So the week kind of yeah, it was a topsy turvy day yesterday, but it fin- it finished on a, on a high, that's for sure. So yes, that's good. Yeah, yes. Okay. All right. So um, that was the week that was from all of us, uh, which means now it's time to check in with the week that was in the nerdy news. This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most s, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Alrighty, guys. It's nerdy news time. And oh, wow. Do we have... Uh, some sad news to report right off the top of the show that I'm sure everybody everywhere listening uh, knows exactly what I'm about to talk about. Um, So we had to say goodbye to Chadwick Boseman this week. Um, uh, He was only 43 years old and turns out he had been uh, uh, privately battling uh, colon cancer since 2016. Um, it was never made public until his passing. Uh, so <clears throat> very big shock to uh, <laughs> everybody, I think, uh, that was a fan of his, that was a friend of his, a colleague, uh, you know, a-, a loved one. Like, I can't even imagine um, what his loved ones are going through right now. I mean, especially losing someone, uh, losing family during COVID as well is just unimaginable. But but Chadwick Boseman, of course, uh was uh you know our black panther t'challa king t'challa of wakanda um and yeah i am i'm really just still kind of processing i'm very much in shock it was very obviously as you guys all know i'm a huge mcu fanatic uh and uh he was such a welcome addition to the franchise back in 2016 in uh, Captain America Civil War. As great as that movie is, like one of the best things about it was his introduction, the way he was introduced, the way Wakanda was introduced, and the way he portrayed T'Challa with such grace and strength and courage and bravery and just resilience and just such a good nature and a good heart. You could really see that in the way he he played T'Challa on screen um so he was the perfect casting absolutely perfect casting um 
Chadwick, it seems he actually kind of got his big break from just looking at his filmography on my on IMDb at the moment. Um, two of his earliest films that kind of made people take notice of him, he actually like played real life people. He did two biopics. Uh, one was Forty Two about the legendary uh, baseball player Jackie Robinson, um, and he played Jackie Robinson in that alongside Harrison Ford. I've heard good things about that film, and I really need to watch it. Um, he the next year that was 2013. The next year in 2014, he played uh, the Godfather of Soul himself, James Brown, in a biopic about his life entitled "Get On Up," uh, which I also heard very good things about. But then it wasn't long after that, of course, that he uh, popped up in Captain America: Civil War. Then he also played uh, uh, in another biopic. He played Thurgood Marshall in Marshall in 2017. Um, very, very famous uh, civil rights lawyer. Uh, I also, again, heard very good things about that film, especially his performance. The one thing all the reviews I read at the time was that his performance is what really made that film what it was. Uh, and then Black Panther just kind of redefined superheroes for not just, I don't know, just for, you know, just in terms of what you can do with characters, what you can do with a superhero genre, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, it's heroes and villains are stories that have been told time and time again, but, uh, you know, what Black Panther meant, what T'Challa meant to so many uh, black people around the world, like so many African proud people around the world, like that was the representation that that community needs and has needed for so many years. And it could not have been possible without Ryan Coogler, obviously the writer and director, but Chadwick Boseman is just immortalized now as this king, not just of Wakanda, but of just, you know, someone that people can look up to and will continue now to look up to for generations. Like there, I cannot wait to see the generation come forward that he has inspired undoubtedly. Like it's going to be something special. Um, yes. Yeah, so after Black Panther and it's many Oscar nominations, including best picture. And then uh, it actually, I think it won a couple as well, um, which is just, yeah. Still pretty crazy. Um, he uh, appeared again as T'Challa in both Infinity War and Endgame, of course, wrapping up the Infinity Saga storyline with those epic, epic films. Uh, and Wakanda played a huge part in uh, securing victory against Thanos in the storyline. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, the last three films that Chadwick uh, will be seen in, and you, you can see him now in 21 Bridges, uh, which was produced by, I think, written and produced or directed, but it's heavily involved with the Russo brothers. They are on that film, and he is the lead in that. It looks really, really good. I still need to check that out. But one of, <clears throat> one of his final films that I did end up seeing a couple of months ago, <clears throat> excuse me, was Five Bloods, Spike Lee's most recent film. He played Storm and Norman, and he was a heartbreaker in that film and... Uh, just the fact that he was able to hold his own against that incredible cast in that film, especially Delroy Lindo, just those scenes that they had together were just captivating. And I'm, yeah, I'm just in awe of him uh, in that. Um, but yes, I just, I don't know what else I can say except to say that 
I'm, you know, I and the world is definitely really going to miss him and he didn't get a chance to really show us what he could have been. But <clears throat> the fact that he achieved all of this greatness and most of it while he was suffering with a brutal and just devastating illness that does not discriminate, uh, it's just a testament to who he was truly at his core. So <sighs> Chadwick Boseman... Thank you so much for your incredible work over the last few years of your life. I, I just, you've touched all of us completely. I'm sure I can speak for everybody when I say that. And um, yeah, yeah, you will be missed. You will be missed very much. Okay. All right. Into the rest of the news now. Okay. So... Uh, we have some Disney news to start with, and this is a nice change of pace in terms of mood because this is laughable. Uh, Mulan will be free of charge. You heard it. You heard that right. Free of charge um, <clears throat> for Disney Plus subscribers uh, on the 4th of December this year. So they are still going ahead with the uh, premier access subscription that they're offering attached to Mulan, which is about to release on Disney Plus this week. Uh, so if you want to check it out uh, this week, you can uh, for an additional fee. However, if you wait three months, you'll get it for free anyway. It'll be included as part of your regular Disney Plus subscription. Um, so yeah, I mean, we all kind of guessed that would be an inevitable thing, but I, the one thing that seemed to be the consensus online was that it was very... Uh, very, very kind of quick turnaround for it to be available for like for no money at all so quickly um, because you know generally when things are normal uh, movies tend to you know uh, Disney films tend to be at the cinemas for a while before you know then releasing on DVD and then going on uh, Disney Plus we you know we saw that last year with Frozen 2 and Toy Story 4 but then once the pandemic hit uh, and Rise of Skywalker was released on on DVD um, they decided to waive that time period between Rise of Skywalker going uh, from DVD to Disney Plus. It actually went there a lot quicker. So now I guess they're kind of waiving this kind of time period again for Milan, but it's just interesting considering the, the arrangement of its release. So, um, yeah, so look for a review for of Milan in probably December from us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I might be tempted. It is me after all. I can't go to a cinema. I, I have needs. Um, <laughs> in other in other news, what do we have? Uh, the Kingsman, the upcoming prequel to the awesome Kingsman series, uh, has sadly been delayed. Uh, no reason was specifically given, but I would attribute it to COVID-related issues. Uh, has is the way of 2020 um and it's interesting too because it's, it was actually supposed to come out in like three two and a half three weeks on the 18th of september but there hadn't seemed to really be i don't know about you guys but i hadn't noticed any kind of promotion for this film like usually you, you start to see ads you start to see a final like last minute trailer like nothing just yet but um but no that's because they've pulled it and they're moving it so the new release date for Kingsman is now the 26th of February 2021 so a few more months sadly to wait for that one but I'm sure it's a wait that will be worth it 
Uh, in horror movie news now, this Ooh. is very exciting. Yes, yes, Wayne. <laughs> no, that was Julio. I- <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, okay, right. <laughs> Sure. Um, so, um, uh, in exciting news, uh, Blumhouse, the awesome horror studio that is Blumhouse Productions, are teaming up with John Carpenter, the legend, the man himself, John Carpenter, who gave us the uh, the 1981 thing with Kurt Russell, the iconic uh, a, a horror film that it is. Love it. Uh, or 1982, I think. 1981, 82. Around that time. Early 82. 80s. It's fine. 82. Thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I'm like, I said 81. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Um, Yes, they're teaming up uh, for a reboot of the Thing franchise, um, but it's only just kind of tentatively been announced. Um, John Carpenter was at uh, the Fantasia International Film Festival recently, um, and during a QA and a of his panel, he was asked if um, he and Jason Blum, who is the head of Blumhouse, uh, were you know going to be collaborating together on anything. If if John Carpenter would be stepping into the director's chair, because Blumhouse, um, as horror fans will know, uh, produced um, the recent Halloween reboot, which is another of John Carpenter's iconic uh, filmography, like you know one of his iconic series, of course. Um, and yes, yeah, so yeah, basically John Carpenter teased that um, they're working on a, maybe working on a thing reboot, um, and it could be it could be a sequel, it could be a prequel, it could be a remake. They haven't said anything. This is all. This is literally all we know. It's 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 a thing that sh- could be happening very soon, but uh, it's got a lot of people very excited, especially uh, with the the insane awesome quality of the. Uh, aforementioned Halloween reboot. Um, if Carpenter and Blumhouse are teaming up for the thing, it's gonna be fire, if you ask me. Um, reboots that may not be fire: The Nutty Professor. Uh, <laughs> there is a reboot of The Nutty Professor in the works. Um, this one is not going to be connected to, uh, at least it seems at this stage, not going to be connected to the Jerry Lewis version from the 60s, the Eddie Murphy version from the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. It's a fresh take on the story. Uh, We don't really know any much more than that, except for uh, James Vanderbilt, who is a writer and producer, who's worked on films such as the Amazing Spider-Man series, and Zodiac, David Fincher's Zodiac, and he's also a producer on the upcoming Scream 5. So he's got some good cred to his name, so that kind of makes me feel slightly better about this Nutty Professor reboot, but we shall see. Uh, We don't have any other news on it just yet, just that it's coming. It's on the way. Um, And lastly, in the nerdy news this week, uh, my favourite channel ever, The CW, they are developing a live-action Powerpuff Girls series, which I'm not sure either if it's going to be any good, hopefully. Uh, apparently the premise of the series is, uh, the it says, the one-time child heroes are now disil- sorry, disillusioned 20-somethings who regret spending their youth find- uh, fighting criminals. The question lingers of whether they can swallow their resentment long enough to come back together and save the world when it needs them most. Uh, So interesting premise. I like that it's not a straight up remake 
uh, of the original series because I don't know how that would translate anyway. So I, I, I'm glad that they're adapting it in this kind of fresh way. It might help to add the realism to the story if that's what they're going for. Uh, although it is a very fantastical story at, uh, as it is at its core. Um, but the project is being developed <clears throat> by, uh, well, one notable name, Diablo Cody, uh, who is just a phenomenal writer. Uh, most notably, uh, she won an Oscar for writing Juno, um, which is an incredible film. Um, and we've got a couple of people from the Arrowverse involved in uh, producing the show as well. Greg Belanti and Sarah Schechter are on board um, for Belanti Productions. So it may even tie into the Arrowverse on the CW. Who knows? I wouldn't mind a crossover episode with the Powerpuff Girls showing up and like kicking ass alongside Supergirl. That would be <laughs> badass. Uh, we, we shall see, though. Okay, guys, that is the news for this week. Fully... Uh, Please, your thoughts. Um, it is very, very sad to hear about Chadwick Boseman's passing. Um, he was definitely someone that, that I didn't really um, see until Black Panther came out. So I only uh, really known him for, the, for that. But he did a phenomenal job with it. And, um, and it is very sad to hear that uh, he was... Uh, going through uh, his uh, cancer treatment while filming. That yeah. is that is a very, very... That must be a really challenging thing to do, um, especially mm. with the amount of, you know, surgeries and chemotherapy that he would have had to go through during that time. Um, but still, he persevered to give, you know, the audience, um, the film lovers, what they wanted. And he must have really loved his job if he just kept on going, yeah. which we really appreciate. Um, so absolutely, um, definitely, uh, definitely going to be uh, missed greatly. Mm. Mulan is now free. Thank you, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> the people have spoken, <laughs> and they have listened. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i am glad uh like to be honest i don't i may have paid if it was still going to be you know if, if it was still going to be the the 30 or 35 dollars that we we would have had to pay but um for me that would have been a bit of a i would have had i would have actually waited a little while before i decided to be like okay I'll pay it and I'll, and I'll watch it. Um, but now I don't have to worry about that. I'm very glad. <laughs> mm. um, now I can watch it and analyze it as much as I want <laughs> without having <laughs> to worry about paying extra. Um, so I am very happy about that. Come on with the King's man. Why does that have to be delayed? <laughs> Goodness. That's kind of like one of the, one of the action films I've been really looking forward to. Um, yeah. And now I can't see it until like next year. So <laughs> mind you, 2020 is almost at an end. So I don't think we've got too far away to wait. <laughs> we don't have too long to wait for that. Um, yeah. But it's still, it's still a bit of a bummer to, to find out that, you know, the King's man um, <laughs> has been pushed back. 
Um, I agree. It, I reckon it has something to do with the whole COVID thing. So um, I assume they just they want to ha- make sure that they've got a, a big enough audience that wants to go see it, uh, so they can um, make uh, the so they can at least make ends meet <laughs> and break even um, <laughs> on the filming. And the Powerpuff Girls series, I don't know. (laughs) How can you make those fictional characters in live action? Because I've seen pictures floating around. Apparently people are like, if they don't make them look like they are in the cartoon, which looks very creepy, to be honest, if it was a live action version of that, um <laughs> they won't they're not doing that no 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 <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be messed up oh 100 <laughs> percent <laughs> but um powerpuff girls um I, I mean i wasn't a huge huge fan of it growing up but whenever the whenever i had the cartoon network on it would be if it was on i would watch it um so i didn't mind it too much um, but obviously I didn't really watch it religiously, so I can't say that I'm a huge fan of Powerpuff Girls, but it'd be interesting to see how they bring it to life and, um, how it sort of fits in with the CW, um, audience. So we'll see how that goes. That's all from me. How about yourself, Wayne? Well, yeah, biggest story this week in writing news was obviously the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Um, that was in- incredibly sad, and for us, uh, it was it felt sudden um, because oh, yeah. you know he kept yeah. his uh, private life private, and uh, more power to him for, for doing that. Um, yeah, yeah a, a man of of incredible dignity, um, I think, and I think a love and commitment of his craft as well to be working over the past few years um, and doing what he loved, and I think that that is. Um, a, a wonderful element of his legacy. Um, I think it'll. I think it'll be important when discussing Chadwick Boseman in the future is to look beyond his role of Black Panther because he has done a few um, pretty good roles. He was young, so the filmography is not as long as it should be, um, or as we would like it to be. But uh, I think there's some great roles in there. In saying that, I don't think we can ever take away the significance of the character of Black Panther and his portrayal of Black Panther and how important that character is and why the film, why the character and why the actor received so much attention when it was released. And it was all justified and rightly so, really. Um, Particularly Mm. when we think about representation of black heroes in cinema. Uh, Black Panther was not the first uh, crime fighter, comic book character or superhero um, to appear on the big screen. However, when we consider who I would call the two main characters uh, appearing before him, we had Shaquille O'Neal as Steel and we had Halle Berry as Catwoman. Neither of those films were very well written and neither of those films were successful. Um, in hmm. fact, they are infamously bad. Um, still, in- yeah. <laughs> still enjoyable, at least. Um, I can't really say so much for Catwoman. So, 
<laughs> the fact that films that had heroes who were not Caucasian um, were very few and far between showed how important they actually were. But when they got it right, like the um, MCU did with Black Panther, that's quite powerful because it showed uh, black characters. It showed Africa as a continent, even though Wakanda is a fictitious nation, but it was a representation of the African continent. And it showed it as being progressive, as being peaceful, as being technologically advanced, being civil. It bucked the stereotypes and generalizations and cliches that modern and past cinema present of people who come from or live in the African continent. So it's significant on quite a number of levels. And the fact that Chadwick Boseman was able to bring Black Panther to life in the way that he did is incredibly important. And I think a a film-going audience and pop culture enthusiasts, um, their connection to Chadwick Boseman cannot be underplayed because he did such an incredible job in all of his roles. But Black Panther is quite significant for a number of reasons and it will remain a significant film for a number of reasons. Um, So for being a part of that legacy and really making it work, because if he didn't do the incredible job that he did, um, I don't think we would hold him in such um, reverence as we do now. And Mm. at the age of 43, uh, an incredibly young age, but what a wonderful legacy. And I think that that is worth celebrating and Mm. um, reflecting upon and respecting and enjoying um, whenever we look at Chadwick Boseman's films. And Kendall, you're absolutely right about his work in other films, particularly in The Five Bloods, which you and I had both watched and quite enjoyed. Um, mm. And, yeah, again, absolutely watch it, watch it, watch it. Um, so, yeah, so it was incredibly sad and shocking news, but uh, I think it's great that people are celebrating his legacy. And um, mm. I think that that's what we should take away Uh, from his 43 years contributing to the planet Earth. In other news, because you're right, this is laughable. Mulan. Um, Yes, we had had quite a discussion a few weeks ago about this and this huge debate (laughs) about, you know, whether we'd be paying extra on top of our subscriptions to see Mulan. And um, after quite a bit of a discussion, we were all kind of like, yeah, no. I always felt that Mulan would then become free for subscribers. uh, But I don't think anyone suspected it would only be three months after the release. Like six to nine, perhaps, as if it had a cinematic release. So it does beg the question, what is the point? And it will be interesting to see how this strategy works. So I've always been cynical about the reason why uh, Disney put Milan um, as a, as a premium access and an additional fee. Um, you know, it's a business strategy. It has nothing, it is nothing else. But again, Disney should not be blamed for that because they are a business and they're a business that needs to make money because that's what businesses do, regardless of how much money you've got in the bank. And that's all fair and fine. So I'll be, I'm more interested than anything else to see how this strategy works for them 
if it does, if it increases in subscribers just to purchase the film, um, if a very small number of people purchase the film and then you see a spike in subscriptions and um, viewings of Mulan come December. I I hope those statistics will be out at some point because I'm really interested in that. Um, Because Mm. based on this, I would dare say you might get a few people a few. I mean, come on. <laughs> Disney Plus is, not, is in a lot of households, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, if I'm simplifying things, I think you'd get a small percentage downloading and purchasing it for the thirty odd bucks, and then I think you'll see a spike come December because the movie looks great. We never question mm. the quality of the film whatsoever. But mm. if you know you're choosing to release it through a streaming service as opposed to delaying the release further, that's perfectly fine. That's your prerogative. And this is as well. Uh, so I, I'm really interested in that. I do agree that uh, I believe we will all sit down and watch this for review in December. And I look forward to that discussion um, to be continued, I suppose. <laughs> um, I'm glad to hear that James Carpenter will have some input or some uh, involvement in the reboot of The Thing. Um, I'm not offended by the idea of a remake of The Thing. Uh, it itself is a remake, so I think it can give you can have a lot of um, a lot of different avenues that you can approach uh, this version of the thing because the previous two versions aren't you know don't there's similarities but not that you would say it's a shot for shot remake or anything. Uh, so yeah, so this doesn't actually offend me because I think regardless of if it's a good film or not, it does not tarnish. Carpenter's 82 rendition of the story at all because you can't tarnish a masterpiece like that a genre masterpiece like the thing in 82 is just you can't touch it <laughs> no yeah just you like really can't. yeah just like how Rob, Rob Zombie's uh, abomination um, could not <laughs> uh, impact the legacy of John Carpenter's Halloween and this won't do anything so again i'm not offended by it i'm okay with it and i i think i feel the same way about the nutty professor um i'm not a huge fan of the jerry lewis film i I don't think it's that great i think the character is great but the film itself is pretty dull and i like don't love the eddie murphy films so i don't have an affinity for the nutty professor as a as a brand Mm -hmm. and again am i excited about another version of this story no. Does it repulse or offend me? No. You know, if it props up on Netflix at some stage, will I watch it? Yeah, probably. Um, so again, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. In the Jerry Lewis film, uh, the nutty professor went from being nerdy. Think of Professor Frink in The Simpsons. That's who that character is based off. Um, mm. You know, being quite nerdy to being quite suave. Um and sophisticated and, and, and socially confident. And then with Eddie Murphy, there was a difference of, of confidence and being obese and then of a more healthy weight as well. So it'll be interesting if they do something, again, different, whether they'll go personality, weight, or something completely different again. So there's potential there to have fun with it. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite indifferent about it. Um, that's really all uh, that stuck out to me this week. Yeah, very, very good. I actually had a thought about Mulan mm-hmm. um, while, while you both were talking about it. I'm, I'm wondering how many people are going to uh, email Disney and be like, uh, 
So does this mean I'll get my money back in December? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, to be honest, yeah. if you're aware, because it's not available yet, yeah? Mm, um, no. So you're now already aware <laughs> that it will come for free, essentially. I know I keep saying for free, but if you've got Disney, it's not going to cost you anything. You're already aware. So if you buy it, again, that's your prerogative. If you can't wait and you're excited to watch it, more power to you. Go for it. But don't complain yeah. that the price will drop by 30-odd bucks. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know what? But... We work in customer service, Kendall. We know exactly what sort of emails they will receive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. People People. People are going to be people yeah. at the end of the day. But that's, that's all right. Oh, yeah. You... You, 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 you do you. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Good on yes. you, Karen. Okay. Good on <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, all right. That is the nerdy news for this week, which means it's now time to roll on up to the trailer park. Yeah. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeah. All right, we have a uh, shortened version of Trailer Park to present to you this week. It uh, there was not not much going on in the world of pop culture um, in the last seven days, but uh, we have two trailers to discuss. Both two very different trailers, at least. So there's some variety, um, and we're going to start with uh, the trailer for Enola Holmes. Um, so this film has already caused a bit of a stir considering, uh, <laughs> it's already been sued. Um, the, I, I'm blanking completely on, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, uh, they came after Netflix because of the portrayal of Enola Holmes does not fit, uh, the original character's, uh, image, uh, as written, uh, down in the books. So we're off to a cracking start there. Uh, but in terms of this trailer, um, I, I think it looks, I think it looks really good. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to watch it, uh, mostly for the cast. I'm a big fan of pretty much every person I saw pop up in this trailer. Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, Sam Claflin, Fiona Shaw, Helena Bonham Carter. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'd say take my money, but this is included in the subscription. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, so Millie Bobby Brown is, uh, yeah, is the titular Anola, and I'm I'm loving the way the the trailer is framed, and obviously the film will then be framed with her narration and her breaking the fourth wall. I love I love when when main characters do that. I love Ferris Bueller like that. That shit is just quality to me. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I wasn't entirely convinced on, oh, actually, oh, I, I just have to look up. I'm pretty sure Millie Bobby Brown is actually British, but she's been in Stranger Things and I was like, I cannot remember if she, which I think she which, actually is British. You're like, which accent is fake? <laughs> I was going to. I was gonna see. I was gonna knock her accent, but she I'm pretty is sure an she's an English actress. Yeah, but she was born in Spain. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I've caught myself in a bit of a foot and mouth situation. I guess. No. I because I was watching the trailer and I'm like, I'm. I'm just. I guess I'm just used to her. Uh, she does the American accent so well and so convincingly. 
I, I, I guess my, my brain was just like, oh, her English accent isn't that good. And then, oh, no, Kendall remembered mid-recording she's actually English. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, I'm here for your entertainment, people. Um, but nevertheless, she is very talented, accent aside. Um, very, very talented young actress, and it's really nice that she has this kind of a vehicle to kind of shine because, I mean, as great as she is as Eleven in Stranger Things, uh, I feel like that role sometimes is a bit restrictive uh, in terms of the range. I mean, yes, as a character develops on that show and mm. it, the story changes, she does get to do a bit more than just stand there and be broody and, and, and make make things, you know, move at the power of her mind, which is freaking awesome, by the way. Um, but, yeah, it gets her character gets better and better. But here we're seeing her playing someone completely different who's just animated and engaging um, and just it looks very entertaining like I'm I'm definitely on board with this film um and just the fact that uh Henry Cavill is playing Sherlock Holmes Mm -hmm. hello uh (laughs) how good does he look in that suit I'm sorry I'm going to objectify him for a moment because (laughs) damn damn ah yes anyway he's a very very talented man um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he will do with the very famous detective. Uh, and then, of course, Sam Claflin, another another piece of eye candy I'm very fond of um, and a very talented actor as well to boot. Um, him playing Mycroft as well, I'm really looking forward to seeing. And yeah, and just, I don't know. I think my, my only problem with the trailer, if I actually do have a problem, is maybe it was a bit too long. Maybe there was there was just a lot going on towards it. Like once we started introducing and setting up the characters and at sort of maybe what the story is going to be, it just tend to kind of veer all over the place after that. Um, for me, at least, and that's kind of how it felt. But I mean, it looks great, but it's just it just was like, you know, information dump um, with all of this action and stuff going on. And um, and I but I did really appreciate the the use of um, Hole's celebrity skin uh, in this. The music was awesome, like the way it was. They used the original song and then used the you know Victorian English sort of sounding music. Uh, you know. Just, yeah, it, it worked really, really well with the vibe of this whole thing. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to checking this one out. How about yourself, Fulia? Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Enola Holmes, um, which her name spelt, uh, pronounced uh, backwards is alone, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, apparently is about it. It is. No, <laughs> it is. <laughs> It is, and it's very sad as to why she was uh, given that name. Uh, Because she's a woman. (laughs) That's why. Oh, my goodness. Um, um, This trailer, yes, had a lot going on, um, but it was a lot of interesting things that that were happening, and it, uh, it kept me glued to the screen wanting to know more. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, Enola Holmes. Um, the fact that Helena Bonham Carter is Mrs. Holmes is just perfect casting. She's amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it'll be really cool to see uh, Henry Cavill in something other than Superman because I haven't really seen him much myself. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I had no idea that, um, that there was a sister. Maybe I just don't remember it well, even though I've read the book. Um, but, uh, it's, it looks, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and the yeah. fact that, uh, uh, Millie Bobby Brown is only 16 and she's doing a role like this, like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. She's a talent. She's very, very talented young lady. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, I love the little things that her character goes through in the trailer, like, you know, trying to dress up more ladylike. But the fact that she wasn't brought up like a lady <laughs> was really cool. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like she doesn't know how to embroider, um, which I have to admit, I don't know how to either. <laughs> <laughs> well, ne- neither do I, but times have changed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, lots of action. Definitely looking forward to it. How about you, Wayne? Uh, first and foremost... Uh, to the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who sued this movie because of the portrayal of Alona Holmes, but were happy with the portrayal of Sherlock Holmes in Holmes and Watson. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Really? Fuck. Mm. Like, actually, fuck off. <laughs> this trailer was so much fun. Like... I, I agree with you, Kendall. It shows too much. It shows a lot. But I was so engaged with it. And I was having yeah. so much fun watching it. I found it quirky. I found it entertaining. I love the format of it. I love the cast. Like, just, you know, Millie Bobby Brown. Absolutely amazing. Henry Cavill. Yes, sir. Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> it's like... And yeah, you're getting yeah. all of these gorgeous little scenarios, but I feel like it didn't. Ha- it showed a lot, but it didn't say a lot at the same time. I feel like there'll still be some some fun twists yeah, and fair. tones. Um, so any any critiques I would normally have about a trailer, I am absolutely ignoring for this one because I can't say enough times. I had so much fun watching it. I am so looking forward to this. I hope mm. it delivers what it promises because this is... I've not been excited to watch a movie based on this trailer as much as this one for a really long time. I, I'm i really, really looking forward to this. Um, I love everything. Nice. Yeah, I love everything about this. Um, I, I hope... I really, really do hope it's good because, damn, it looks good. Yeah, I, I'm all for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. That's good. <laughs> Um, cool. So maybe, maybe a future quickie review. Let's do it. We're we're booking it. We are booking it in right now. (laughs) Good. Good. Sorry, Mike. If you don't, you're not in, you're in now. (laughs) I actually sense this is a movie, Mike. Like this is a trailer that Mike would have enjoyed. I think. Oh, I feel like, yeah, Yeah. I agree. I I feel like he'd be on board with this. Um, okay. So, uh, Anola Holmes, uh, will be available for consumption on the 23rd of September on Netflix. So not too far away. Less than a month. Let's do this. Less than a month. Let's yes. Bring it on. Very excited. Uh, okay, and our second and final trailer for this week is a horror movie Woo-woo. by uh, that kind of actually goes by two names. Uh, the American title is Larry, but the Australian title is Come Play. Um, so this is the first trailer for Come Play, 
Um, okay, so I I read before I watched this trailer that it's, it's actually adapted from a short film uh, called Larry that came out in 2017. I, I didn't have a chance to seek that out before recording, unfortunately. I don't, it might be on YouTube somewhere, so I might actually go watch it if I get a chance because I'm, I'm curious because um, from experience, generally, I feel like horror films that, you know, start as short films and then are then adapted into features, generally, like the short films are quite good. Um, case in point, uh, 2016's Lights Out, uh, starring Teresa Palmer, was a, one of my favourite horror films that year. And <clears throat> the short film it's based on is freaking terrifying, <laughs> but so good. It's such a good premise. And so I, was, I had similar hopes for this one. Um, and I can't, part of me kind of still does because the premise is really good. Uh, like I love the kind of black mirror of it all. The fact that we have this, this poor boy who's, you know, living life the best he can, the best he knows how, um, he can't, he, he can't speak properly. Uh, he uses his iPad or tablet to, uh, communicate and experience the world. It's his filter. So I, I loved, there was this one scene uh, and Folia, I'm sorry, this may creep you out, my description, but <laughs> there's one scene that I really, really made me like snicker. Um, you know how, uh, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, like, you know, how you can put the like the filters on to like make it, you know, it recognizes a face and it puts on like a funny mask or a funny yeah. uh, feature or something. Um, well, the kid was the only one in the room, but two faces were recognized on the tablet. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> and I I loved that. I am like, yes, I'm here for tech for evil technology horror films. Black Mirror, give it to me. Um <laughs> but unfortunately, uh it was kind of downhill from there for me. Um I mean, I don't know if I'm going to actually watch this now after seeing the rest of the trailer just because it was cliche after cliche after cliche after cliche. And yeah, I know it's the horror genre. It's a, you know, that cliche is basically the tagline of horror. Like there's so many cliches everywhere. It's hard to be original, which is why I love fresh ideas like this one and like Lights Out, how I mentioned. But, um, but there's a lot, there's just a lot of familiarity about the way this trailer has been edited together and the certain moments from the movie that we're seeing are moments we've seen in 15 other horror films before this one. Um, but you know. I mean, it's it is what it is. Um, you know, it might not stop me from watching it, but it's definitely make, not making me want to rush out and see it. Um, but the the concept of the creature itself is is really interesting. But yeah, I'm just I'm um, I'm just a little concerned. I don't know. Just the kid, the the kids that are at the f sort of at the focus. I mean, yes, the parents play a, a supporting role, maybe a pivot, more pivotal role than the trailer that's on. I don't know, but the kids, especially the son, obviously seem to be at the focus of this film, uh, and they just seem to be a bit tad on the young side for any kind of. I mean, I don't. I doubt this film will go all the way and kill off these kids that are like six years old or something like I, I don't know I mean nah, I mean I don't want to think that they would do that but anyway um yeah I didn't like I don't like I don't like young kids in peril I mean no one does but I in film I can't I can't do it um but anyway 
I'm rambling now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. But yeah, I I I, I yeah, I'm not I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, it has potential though, so hopefully it's actually a good film. Uh, I'm gonna pass straight to Wayne on this one. <laughs> uh, bless you, Fulia. Um, Wayne, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, just uh, to start off, Kendall, I was, as you were speaking and mentioned that it was based on a short film called Larry, I wasn't aware of that. I've actually looked it up and it is available on YouTube and Vimeo. It goes for about five and oh, a half sweet. minutes. I look forward to watching okay. it um, after this podcast and we will all be discussing it next week. Um, <laughs> to see how we go uh, it, Just by the thumbnail of it It doesn't look like it involves a child or anything But I think the monster is the same um, Yeah, okay Yeah. In terms of this trailer I like, I like the premise And there's a lot to like about the trailer um, I do hope, however That all the scares were not revealed in the trailer because it showed a lot of scares, a lot of jump scares and Mm. stuff, which I like. I like jump scares. Um, Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, but for me, it it showed too much of, I think, some of the significant scares and it showed too much of the monster. So yeah, it, that's that's a good point. It alluded to the monster and like drawings and things like that, um, but it actually it physically showed you the monster at the end, uh, so much so that you got the the scale and the dimension and things like that. Um, you mm. know, compared to to people, to people and other, and household objects and spaces and rooms and things like that. So I didn't like that at all. Um, the, the magic of horror and what makes a good horror is leaving things to your imagination because your own imagination is will come up with something a billion times more terrifying than anyone else can. And that's why mm-hmm. the horror genre is so much fun to engage with in terms of cinema, I feel. That's what I love because it is the type of genre that makes you work. And when you work, you are rewarded by that scare at the end or by the punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beauty of the genre. And that's also why that why I feel the genre is so grossly underrated and underappreciated because it's not given the credit that it is for how effective it is as a storytelling, uh, you know, genre or, or method. So that's a huge flaw for me. However, I feel that if I distance myself from this trailer and any other future marketing, I'll go into the film relatively fresh and be okay with watching it. So I'm like you, Kendall, I'm not going to jump any any cues or jump through hoops to watch this one, but I will yeah. say I will watch it. Um, the idea of this supernatural force attaching itself to a child had vibes of The Conjuring for me. Um mm. You know, and, and, and Annabelle and similar stories like that. So I was like, yeah, look, The Conjuring, for example, is one of the scariest horror franchises. Um, I th- I believe it's mm. now the most successful. I believe it um, over part. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it, uh, yeah. it took over Saw, um, which took over Friday the 13th, actually, as the most successful horror oh. franchise. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think, I think Complay um, has potential. Um, 
it just suffers from a bad trailer. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. like what, what was there looked good. Don't get me wrong. Even the monster looked like everything looked good, but doesn't belong in a trailer. Mm. Not, for, not for a scary movie. It does not belong. Scary movies, you know, need to have a very specific type of trailer. Because you're right. Yeah. There's genre conventions. There's tropes. There's cliches. No one, no one begrudges a horror movie for having them. You know, <laughs> it's, it's what we go to see them for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the reason for that is those types of tropes and conventions and cliches make us feel safe because we kind of have an idea of what to expect. So as you alluded to, Kendall, when a f- horror movie will go from a different angle or subvert something, it's all the more better because we're fools for feeling <laughs> relatively safe with the movie to begin with. Um, yep. So I, I can't say where Complete will go, but yes, there are a lot of familiar elements here. But I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, so I I will be I will still be watching it, and I look forward to our group review. Um, <laughs> Fulia, what did you think of Complete? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what did you think of Complete? Excuse me. <laughs> Oh, okay. Like, I, I, I get it now. So, is this a trailer you boycotted because you felt like it posed a threat to the legacy of Halloween? Sure. If that's the answer you want to hear. <laughs> oh, no, it's not an answer I want to hear. I was just curious. I mean, did you storm away from your computer in protest and go to your little writing nook to work on your fan fiction about how Michael will somehow defeat Larry. I just ignored it completely. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even want to watch it. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Okay. So, uh, come play does not have, uh, an Australian release date, uh, but our friends in the United States can check out Larry on the uh, very appropriate release date of the 30th of October, just before Halloween. Ooh, hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hello. Get around it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. All right. Cool. That is Trailer Park for this week. Which now means it is time for the one and only Popcorn Culture. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> See what I did there? Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I love puns. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, Popcorn Culture time. Popcorn Culture time. Um, we three... We'll be discussing and reviewing, uh, speaking of Disney+, Plus, uh, a recent addition to the streaming service, uh, a film that we talked about in Trailer Park a few weeks ago now uh, by the name of the one and only Ivan. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So some happy fare for, for, for well, lighter fare for Fulia to get back, <laughs> back on board. Exactly. The podcasting bandwagon. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cool. All right, cool. So we'll just standard go around uh, the room, as it were, and give our thoughts and feelings. Um, So, yeah, uh, (laughs) I don't even know how to start this review. So, I mean, I I really liked it. 
I'm I'm really glad that I liked it because I was so I don't know, I don't know what the uh, disenchanted maybe because it I mean and yeah it is if you've seen the trailer you'll know it's it it does kind of look like your uh kind of typical cheesy Disney fair you know their family kind of live action f- films that they like it reminded me a lot of those kinds of movies that they would did they did in the 90s and the early 2000s Disney of all these li- like uh you know have featuring animals with humans kind of stuff and like yeah uh and it just I don't know it just kind of had that kind of vibe for me uh around it and and I and after seeing the trailer I just yeah I wasn't sure if it was something I was going to enjoy I mean I I it definitely wasn't going to offend me in any way um but I was excited to see it for um probably mostly for uh, the voice cast and Brian Cranston, um, because Brian Cranston is a god of acting. Um, <laughs> uh, even though he doesn't really have too much to do uh, in terms of his performance in this film, uh, you know, it's 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 not really a big stretch of a character, I suppose. I mean, it's what he does with the material is really really good, though. Um, I really enjoyed his performance, and it was interesting to see him. As I mean, it's funny I say <laughs> I've uh, sort of like the end, an- sort of the antagonist of the film. He's not really the antagonist, but he kind of is in the movie. Uh, and I, I, it's funny that I started that sentence with "it's weird" and like I, you know, I saw Breaking Bad twice, <laughs> so <laughs> I, it's not the first time you played the bad guy. But you know, Breaking Bad is literally the TV show version of like putting a frog in water and then slowly boiling it. Um, wow! Like, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> wow, Kim. Okay. Wow. You, know you know, way to sell no, no, it. You know, what? No, 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 no. But I mean, I mean, in terms of the analogy of like, you know, you you come in, you you come into this thing, and you're like, oh, it's safe, and it's, you know, he we're following the story of this good guy, and then you know, by the time the series is done, he's the villain of the show. Um, and you know, and you're, it's too late to get out and you're, you're already on his side. Whereas like, you know, if he was the villain from the start, you'd be like, oh, maybe I don't want to watch this. Uh, you know, so like the frog jumping into the boiling water, you just get back out again. Anyway. Um, so. Okay. <laughs> no, did I? Is that a bad analogy? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, if you were trying to sell um, it to me, since I haven't seen it, I'm not sure that that was a great way to do it. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I, any Breaking Bad fans listening, I apologize profusely. It, it is it is one of the greatest TV shows of all time, though. It is, Fulia. yeah. So it's 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 amazing. Okay, it is amazing. As, as anyway, is, it's pretty cool. I, I just want to put it out there. As is, it's pretty cool. Yes, El, yes, agreed, a hundred percent. Yes, and the sequel too. Um, yes. Anyway. <laughs> Back on track. Back going, on track. Yes. This is going well. <laughs> this is going well. Oh gosh, I'm so frazzled today. Um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, I I did really like yeah watching him on screen uh, again, and they did a nice job of the. Uh, they had some de aging technology going on during a couple of flashbacks uh, to you know uh, when Ivan was a baby, and by God, is that the cutest baby anything you've ever seen in your life <laughs> yeah like disney just kicked they're like you thought baby groot was great wait till you see baby yoda oh no 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 
here's baby Ivan and dead. <laughs> like they just keep going and going and going with this cute factor. I was, I was like, just, I couldn't contain myself. Um, yeah, yeah. That was really awesome. Okay. Um, but yeah, the movie as a whole, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was really good and it made me, <laughs> it made me cry. Yeah. Like so much. I'm so glad I watched it on Friday night. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it was so, yeah, it was so moving and heartwarming. And I was trying, even, like, I was trying not to cry it because I'm like, I'm buying into the bullshit. They've got me again. They've got me again. Like, it shouldn't, you know, the expression shouldn't be tugging at the heartstrings. It should be, like, tugging at the tear ducts or something, you know? Like, it's just, oh, but it was nice. Like, it was a good cry. It's a happy cry. I mean, it's, uh, except for, and we should be saying spoilers for the entire film uh, in this discussion, but uh, losing Stella was... Oh, I, I cried for her. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Miss Jolie, why you do this to me? Um, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was very, very sad. And especially... Especially how, like, her, like, Stella becomes such a prominent figure throughout the entire film, uh, which I really, really, I was, I was quite fond of, um, the throwbacks to her and the, the, you know, the glimpses to the stars and the moon, you know, like, it just, it resonates with you, like, even, it, it doesn't matter that it's an elephant, it's fine, um, you know, you still... Yeah, that's still some you know someone that's been lost, and you still feel that. And yeah, it was very, it was very powerful. Mm. Um, especially, especially just the way like the film ended with you know Ivan actually fulfilling his promise. Like he finds a way to fulfill his promise to Stella to uh, to get Ruby, um, you know, out of the the uh, you know the mall essentially, um, and into this, you know, open range zoo, which is basically freedom for them. Um, yeah, that was, it was really, really nice. Um, uh, the visual effects, yeah, were very, very impressive. I, I really loved how, yeah, just a very, very like convincing all the animals were. I mean, there was a couple of moments when they weren't so much, but, um, for the most part, they, they looked amazing and, it wasn't, and it wasn't like the Lion King. Like uh, everyone's gripe with the Lion King, including myself, was how the a lot of the animals were kind of void of uh, expressions on their faces. Mm. Uh, you know, their, their voices did not match up to what was being portrayed. Um, you know, in their uh, even in their eyes. You know, um, but here you have this movie that's all live action, uh, but you can see the expressions on these animals' faces, and it doesn't take you out of the film. Like. It's still they still managed to find a way, like a nice middle ground between that realism and, uh, you know, and actually showing us these animals experiencing, you know, happiness and sadness and and, uh, you know, all the 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 myriad of emotions that, you know, us humans go through. Um, It was done in in such a really nice way that I really, really liked. Um, Yeah, I just had a good point I was going to make and now it's gone. Damn it. Um, I really like Sam Rockwell as Ivan. He was fantastic. Danny DeVito as Bob was, was that, that mischievous dog was great. And I, I loved that moment where, um, he's, he's going after the kibble and he just, and, and it's so true because it's like, 
if you're a dog, you would see the nice fluffy pink thing and want to like just lay on it yep. instead of you know, getting your food. Like I just loved how I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense. Of course. Oh, this is what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. I thought that was great, you know, because, I mean, part of me was screaming, get the food before you get caught, you yeah. stupid dog. But then, <laughs> but at the same time, it was, uh, yeah, I really liked that. I think, uh, yeah, that's the point I was going to make is uh, probably my favorite thing about the film was the fact that they were able to, um, uh, <laughs> again, with the realism of it all, uh, when, hu- when humans are present with the animals, the animals aren't talking to each other. Mm. Like if, if the if the if the humans are engaging in some kind of conversation in front of them or to the animals, the animals like in you know, in like I mentioned earlier, those movies of the nineties, they will, you know, maybe try and feature the animal attempting to try and talk or actually talking to the the human, whether they can understand them or not. But in this case they've just they've really gone for the just the real real thing. Like it's you know, and the human is just talking to the animal and the animal understands what's it what's you know being said obviously but you know we 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 as the audience know that but the human doesn't know that and that's that's not the point that's fine like uh and i just really like that nice separation between between you know the you know us watching the animals or the you know young kids watching the animals you know with their funny voices and and being all cute and, and and everything, and then yeah, and then the adults can then come in and appreciate the side of the you know the humans interacting with each other, and then with the animals. Like I just, it was handled in such a really nice way um, that it didn't really break the world of the film for me. It didn't take me out of it at all. It was really really good, and I also really enjoyed as well. If I'm just gonna get the. Uh, cast list because uh, there's one particular actress I need to I need to shout out because she was great um, yes uh, Ariana Greenblatt as Julia was just the most precious and intuitive young little girl in this film oh my goodness I yeah she was just she stole every single scene she was in for me and I loved the way she would just talk to Ivan and you know like like she was having a real conversation proper conversation and it was going both ways and yeah I just I don't know she just really kind of captured me quite a bit and the like the choices she made and the way she delivered her dialogue was just really really nice a really yeah really nice young young actress ariana green black keep an eye on her i reckon um yeah what else can i say um oh i as much as i love chaka khan and i love chaka khan <laughs> and it, it, it was great to see her play Hen- henrietta because uh, i was wrecking my brain the whole time going who is that chicken I know that yeah. voice. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, that scene where they're they're about to cross the road. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And, you know, and you know, yeah, you know how all of the animals think it's the funniest thing on in the world? Like, it, mm. the, like comedy, was, comedy was just invented, literally. And, and Ivan was and, just rolling Ivan, his eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that, I yeah I think I, I was Ivan. Maybe say we were all Ivan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were. Yeah, yeah. I'm def. Yeah, Ivan was me. I'm like, oh, thank, thanks, Ivan, for for keeping it real. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean that aside, like I liked the other 
chicken joke later in the film about um <laughs> I can't remember the, the the way it goes now but it was basically how like you know it could have been a, it could have been a lot worse for you if you weren't here in this you know locked up in this mm. this circus if if you know so yeah and what a gorgeous chick what a gorgeous chicken too um yeah and oh don't put animals in danger god damn it that poor rabbit oh my goodness murphy i was having (laughs) i was having a coronary i was like no my truck is stuck my truck is stuck i'm like this is going to be the part of the movie where ivan gets winds up in a a veterinary hospital somewhere (laughs) and and the and the rabbit is fine like like i was just this is gonna this is gonna go this way and I don't want it, but then it didn't happen, it was fine. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can say anything more about the film. Um but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna rate it I'm probably gonna while you guys are talking about it, I'm probably gonna think of more that I wanna say, but uh, I think I've said all I need to. Um if I was gonna rate it out of five, I would probably give it uh three and a half, I think. Three and a half out of five for me. Fulia. Yes. What did you think of the one and only Ivan? I enjoyed it. It was um, it was fun to watch. There was obviously the sad moments that um, made me cry and made me go, oh. Mm. <laughs> um, and I have to say, though, I did feel for Ivan, where even though from from being, you know, as a baby gorilla, he was brought up yep. domestic. He was domesticated, um, and he was brought up by humans. Um, the moment that he sort of thought about being free and going into the world, being a wild animal, was the thing that just kept sort of. Um, it was like at the, right at the front of his mind. He couldn't stop thinking about it. And so he had to find a way to communicate that through to the humans. And the only way that he could do that was through art, <laughs> which was mm. amazing that they mm. would go through that path. And I was just that, that painting that he did on the glass. Mm. Oh my goodness. It was gorgeous. It was absolutely yeah. lovely to see that scenery um i was gobsmacked when i saw that that painting i was just like oh wow that is so beautiful um the characters uh i did enjoy the voice work of all of the uh voiceover actors they were a lot of fun ron funchies as murphy i have to say it was a great choice (laughs) (laughs) yeah that little rabbit, like honestly, was so cute and funny. Um, I just love the fact that they decided to put a rabbit in a little red fire truck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute. Um, <laughs> um, and Helen Mirren as Snickers, like, come on, who, like, <laughs> she's I, I, she's the poodle. <laughs> She was, I just, I just, her favorite line, I just have to chime in, when she, when she was, like, offered the chance to escape and she goes, there are no blow dryers. Yeah. <laughs> that was gold. <laughs> that was so good. Um, 
the like overall the the whole film was it was really really lovely um the only thing for me was it kind of like got to a, it got to a heightened point and then it lagged like there was not too much going on um and it sort of lacked the um it lacked the action that I thought I was expecting um and then it didn't happen yeah that's fair yeah so it's probably the one thing that I'll say like this like I understand that this was based on a true story uh but if they were going to you know the the the, the whole the only the only thing that was the most dangerous of them all was the crossing the road part and thinking that they were home hmm. free in the forest in the wild but they weren't um so i think that kind of it just it lacked that excitement i suppose um but in saying that, it was still a good film to watch and I really enjoyed it. So I'll give it a three out of five. How about yourself, Wayne? Uh, when we reviewed the trailer for the one and only Ivan, I was quite cynical. <laughs> I remember <laughs> about it. Um, so I did make sure that when going in to watch this movie, um, I thought I'd, I'd push my, my cynicism aside and, and go in it. Um, quite fresh because I really didn't know much about it besides what the trailer had said. Um, there's no escaping that this is a really aesthetically lovely looking movie. Um, I think that the CGI, um, more often than not looks pretty pristine and Ivan is absolutely irresistible. Even as a grown adult, um, you just want to give him a big hug and not really care about your own safety. <laughs> yeah. He was just <laughs> adorably approachable. I think it's incredibly well acted as well, um, particularly by the voice cast, because the, uh, the, the human live action cast uh, aren't given as much to do. Um, so for me, that's probably where the positivity stops with this film, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, oh. I think that it's just too concerned with pulling on heartstrings. Um, I yeah. think that that's it, it, it goes, it, it has the intention of being, okay, I, let's give a heartwarming story where I make my audience cry and we're just going to do everything we can to make this happen, including, you know, a few sad backstories. And look, when you're dealing with animals in captivity, especially in something that I've never heard of before in a shopping mall, um, that's a really interesting angle to, to approach it from. Um, but this movie is, is incredibly, is incredibly lazily written, um, that, it's difficult to really, for me, it was difficult to make a connection. So I'll just explain what I mean by it being lazily written. Um, I, I keep um, splitting the infinitives there, excuse me. Uh, but <laughs> the writing is lazy. <laughs> Irony. <laughs> Criticises the writing, can't form a sentence. Um, 
<laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, see, see my rant above. That made no sense. Okay. Uh, keep, keep, keep talking. Wayne. Thanks, thanks, Kendall. <laughs> that actually makes me feel better. Yes, I know words. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know the best words. Um, but yeah, no, I actually think. Um, yeah, I think the, the screenplay is lazy. So what I mean, uh, specific, what I'm alluding to, is. Um, for example, there is so much emphasis throughout the film about hardship and elements of trauma and struggle, right? So what we learn, uh, we learn about the animals' backstories, particularly, you know, Ivan, who, it was lovely. He was rescued from the wild, taken into a home, and then because he's so big, he's in this big cage, which, you know, it's clean, he's healthy, he's looked after. Yes, he's not getting natural sunlight. Yes, he's not interacting with other apes or primates, but, you know, at least he seems to be getting along with other animals. So we do get that, but we also get that from the humans. So we know that Mac, played by Brian Cranston, for example, you know, has is, is divorced. He's now got a broken marriage as well. And everything he does is to essentially keep the lights on. Everything is dependent on this little circus that he's got going on in the shopping mall. Even um, George and Julia, the, the father and daughter there. So, um, you know, George is, helps out at the circus. I think he's officially supposed to be a janitor, so he doesn't have a high-paying job. Um, we're not sure at first if he's a single parent because there's no uh, mother for Julia in the picture, no mother figure, but we actually learn later on that she's ill and by the sounds of it, quite severely ill that, um, she's there in mm. the hospital. So what do we know? What do what, how much do we know about the American healthcare system and how much that would be expensive, especially considering George does not have a high paying job. So his income is incredibly yeah. important to him. The reason why I mentioned just these elements alone is that for us to accept that these are the hardships that these characters are going through, Mac and George especially, and when we consider how much Mac is so reliant on Baby Ruby to perform and then so reliant on Ivan to illustrate and paint just to bring people in to have bums on seats to afford to pay the bills. There's so much pressure there that Julia saying to her father, Ivan wants to be free. That reporter there will help us. George hesitates. She reiterates it again. And despite all the hardships they're facing and experiencing, George approaches the reporter. And then suddenly Ivan, within the space of what, five minutes in the film, gets his freedom. There's no stakes. There's nothing, nothing feels like anything is at risk here. So mm. the, there, the, I don't know, there wasn't, the tension wasn't being built up. Yeah, so, that's, I think that's what I was trying to say before. There wasn't any yeah. sort of tension. Yeah. So, it, yeah. So for me, it just seems like, um, you know, George did not consider, and look, obviously, yes, we're seeing the viewpoint from the animal's predominantly right and we want them to be healthy and free and safe right to be in their natural environments we want that okay 
However, from the perspective of the humans, and this is what humans do, we're going to put ourselves first because we need to survive. Mac has nothing to fall back on that we're told. And George's action destroys his absolute career. But Mac, by the end of it, is, yes, happy to see Ivan in a freer space. It is a zoo. Yes, that's fair. But it's a wide open space. And George is some somehow now just with simple, a very simple plea from his daughter not even this long running begging not even this not even this you know crying plea it's just a simple conversation he now compromises the health and well-being of his wife the financial safety and security of himself and his daughter absolutely took me out right Absolutely. Uh, why? Yeah. And why do we feel this way? Okay. Because for some reason, the film needs to emphasize the hardship of the humans. It would have worked if we did not even know about the hardship of the humans, or if it wasn't even, and and uh, it wasn't even a point of discussion because it's irrelevant. We don't care about them as audience members. We care about these animals. That's why they talk. That's why they interact with one another. And when we think about it. Do we really, let's be honest, and this might sound really cruel, but in the world that we have here, do we really feel sorry for these animals? Do, yes, they have their freedom. Uh, they don't have their freedom, excuse me. And yes, they do deserve it. But they have this love for one another. They're supportive of one another. They're their own family unit. They're looked after and they're cared for and they don't know any better. Again, where are, where's the stakes? Where's the tension that makes us want to say, yes, be free. It's heartbreaking when they cross the road and they think they're in the jungle or the forest and then realize it's, you know, like the gardens across the road. Fair. And that, that's actually a really beautiful moment I found because there's that sort of desperation as like this failure, especially because Ivan is driven by his promise to Stella, which I thought was quite lovely. Um, mm. You know, again, it's, it's, it's lovely, but how about having again raising the stakes have them actually trying to escape something more than the longing to return to a free landscape because yes we're already on their side because we always believe that animals should not be you know contained indoors for like you know it ends up being ivan's in there for like 27 years or something stupid like that um that he deserves to be out in the wild and free absolutely but you don't get that sense of urgency or that gravitas in this film so that is very much an adult's <laughs> and maybe slightly cynical point of view of it but i think that's why <laughs> that's why i really i just really want to discuss that what lets this movie down is the script it's because mm. it it doesn't it doesn't care about telling Ivan's story. It cares about making an audience feel a certain way. But if the writers had trusted the the story it, that it is, and the um, and the characters themselves, it would have worked out better. So Mike White um, wrote the screenplay based um, on a children's book. And Mike White was also the voice behind, um, Frankie, the sea lion, just random trivia there. But Hmm. I think that I just think the script is incredibly lazy. There's two, yeah, the stakes are, are never high enough. However, I do feel that children watching this movie, it's target audience will absolutely fall in love with it because the animals are so well done. 
They are just absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. And the film does a lot of things in shorthand, which as adults, we crave more information to, to have mm. that emotional connection. But I think children will will connect with it and will enjoy it. Again, it's aesthetically beautiful. Um, but overall, it does, you know, I mean, if it just wants to, to be a sappy family movie, it achieves that in spades. But if it wants to be a real sophisticated commentary on the treatment of animals in captivity that appeals to both adults and children, like Free Willy did, for example, it misses the mark completely for me. It's very much style over substance. And overall, it's a vapid film, but I can see its appeal. So I'm going to give it a very generous two and a half. Okay. Mm. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I have a couple of counterpoints, but just because I feel like you're you're definitely right um just to touch mm. on um it's it's like uh i forgot i've, I've the, the phrase has gone from my mind i'm really really tired just no that's right. okay um, I, was i was i being too harsh um, i was being too cynical no no no. <laughs> no 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 i agree with everything you said but um i i, f- I feel like that maybe uh, uh this film had like the potential to to hit those marks that you wanted it to hit mm. um, and and attempted to uh, a number of times. Particularly, I, I wrote down this one one line that Stella said that really resonated with me and I because I, just because I love the way uh, it was phrased and the way she said it. Um, when she's talking to um, Ivan about, you know, the, you know, getting, getting Ruby out and getting her into the wild yeah. and, and all of that stuff. And... Um, and and talking about the you know how there's this place that you know not too far where you can go and be free, um, and she uh, she you know says it's like the wild uh, where humans make amends, mm. and I th- I thought that was a really powerful line. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's probably one of the most sincere attempts at that kind of taking that kind of stance yeah. in this, this film is true, yes. uh, is with is, is with that line but other than that you're right they don't really they kind of ha- very are very lazy in their in their kind of uh you know animal and nature conservation kind of what whatever whatever kind of interpretation of that they were going for they don't really mm. hit it um um but in terms of Ivan's story i i I mean, I get, I, I do get what you're saying about that, but I will raise you the scene where you find out about his sister. Yes, and 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 you meet Ivan's father, like in those flashbacks, like all all baby Ivan cuteness aside. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like that those flashbacks, I thought they were very they were done very well. Um, and yeah, I mean, and this is probably again, like it's probably the only part of the film where you really get the best sense into who Ivan is at his core mm. uh, of his character um, and learn his story. Um, because I mean, yeah, the whole film, he's so hesitant to even open up to, uh, to Ruby or to anyone really. Like he barely wants Bob around, even though, you know, they're kind of best mates anyway, yeah. but um, you know, he, but because of, he just doesn't want to acknowledge obviously um, his, his past and where he came from. But the moment where, you know they 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 sow the seeds early on with the, with the little with the little doll called Not Tag, and I was like, that don't make any sense. Mm. What is that? And then when they bring it back, and and Ivan says, it's uh, it's called Not Tag because she'll never be Tag. I fucking 
bawled my eyes out. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's, I just, for me, that just, yeah, that really, I don't know, for some reason that struck a chord. Oh yeah, it was, it was incredibly same- sweet. Like, don't get me wrong. I, 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 yeah. I like, um, you know, I, I didn't have ice through my veins throughout this film. <laughs> no, 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 you no, know. no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Oh no, that. I know you're not. I think it just probably comes across that way because, you know, once... Once you start to rant, you can't really hold back. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel yeah, that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, and take about I said, like you know, there there are sweet, there are sweet moments like that. And I thought that that was quite lovely. Um, just I think I I just think it's wrapped in so much sap that it loses yeah, it loses no, its yeah. impact for for me yeah. anyway. Like it actually lost its impact. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, like I did love the moment that yeah. Ivan, for example, gives. Uh, not tagged to Bob at the end. It's kind of like this. this yeah. Not, not, I don't know. One could argue it's him sort of like I've acknowledged the past. I'm sort of facing my own trauma, and and now I, you will give you will have comfort. Or she's significant to me, so I want you to have her because that's how you can stay mm. with me. Type thing. Um, yeah. Th- there are yeah. lovely hints. I just wish the surrounding material was a lot more subtle. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then I, I, one last final point I want to make before we wrap this up. I, uh, what both of you said about like the lack of states, a stakes, sorry, mm. states, the lack of, the lack of stakes and like, uh, Folia, you said something about how like, you know, it kind of, it felt like it was building up and then it kind of just slowed down. Yeah, pretty much. Towards the end. Yeah, but yeah, like the, how it was ramping up with them escaping and then when they actually escaped and then suddenly it was like, oh, they can only go so far, so now they're back in the mall anyway. Mm. I, when that was happening, I mean, I wasn't not enjoying it, but I was wondering the whole time. I'm like, wait, is this what this movie mm. is? It's another one of the an- animals must escape and like get out films. I mean, which is fine and this is partially obviously what this film is but i didn't think that's what we were getting and especially so soon because i was like oh this is only like 45 50 minutes in okay interesting um so yeah the momentum did kind of suffer for having that like kind of uh the fact that that kind of uh trope is something that's used frequently kind of worked against the film in terms of the audience expectations so i feel like that that harmed the pacing and the momentum and and what and what maybe we all of us three were thinking mm. while it was going on, and then yeah, and then the f- I, I do agree about the <laughs> the reporters' timing being very, very convenient <laughs> uh, for for the for the storytelling, and I didn't even consider the ramifications of uh, you know uh, <laughs> George's lo- obviously low income and his wife clearly yeah. in, in 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 a lot of uh, you know health uh, bad health places, no good. Um, I'm literally losing the ability to speak, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think that's that's it. Unless you guys have anything else you want to add, or we're we're all good. I'm good. No, I think I think yeah. I've said what I've needed to about about Ivan, and I, I cool. and I'm sure all, all of our uh, Disney fans listening. Um, yes, you know where you can send your hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, fair enough. <laughs> uh, okay, well, nice. Another another mixed bag of reviews mm-hmm. for popcorn culture. I like that. Very good. Um, 
not not that we're sponsored, but yeah, the one and only Ivan is on Disney Plus. If you feel so inclined to check it out, it is better than Artemis Fowl. Yeah, uh, that's that's our that's our recommendation. Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> if you I would to... agree with that. Yeah, and and I will say for me, yeah. for me, one thing I didn't mention is that obviously, whilst I didn't quite like. Um, the one and only Ivan too much. It's never boring. For me, I was mm. never bored. So yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, mm. no, no, that's, that's, that's yeah. true. Um, yes, no, it definitely, yeah, it definitely was cons- consistently entertaining at least on some level. Yes. Okay. Um, cool. So that was Popcorn Culture. Thank you all for listening, uh, to that. And it's time to check up with Fred. What's going on with Fred? And I'm going to pass it, both to you guys because I'm involved in both both things that came out this week. So, <laughs> Fulia, tell people what we, we, we did earlier this week. So, the monthly at Winnie Fred's is out right now. You can go check it out on yes. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, yes. and Spotify. Our monthly episode. What was the topic, Kendall? Uh, we quizzed each other on our favorite fandoms. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, we had lots and of fun doing it. <laughs> we had a we had a fantastic time. It's a long one though, so uh, you know, bring the essentials. I tried um, my and- best to cut out bits that weren't needed, but. You know what? I couldn't take out too much. So that's <laughs> no, that's that's okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, I, I most most podcasts that I listen to are, are pretty long as is, so I break them up over a few mm. days. So <laughs> this is it's fine. Um yeah, no, we had a lot of fun recording that though. I think it was it was a really cool like the idea actually turned out better than I expected. Yes. Um, yes, it was yeah. definitely very entertaining and uh also very enlightening to see how much information we remembered uh from mm. watching all the films and shows that we have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I we, myself we, we... didn't do so well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, we per- we purposefully picked hard quizzes. Yeah, exactly. Um, hard hard trivia quizzes on on the interwebs. So, um, because you know, if it had all just been easy and we'd gotten them all right, it wouldn't have been entertaining for anybody. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, and you know, we're all about embarrassing ourselves on this podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> or at least on the monthly. Oh, no. I think I think every uh, pod, every podcast we make from Fred the Alien Productions, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes, and I and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, yeah, but no, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, Fulia, how's Foolish Fuji going? Foolish Fuji is still going strong. I am getting all of the followers now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, I uh, decided that uh, on Thursday, after doing a villager hunt, which surprisingly did not take as long as I thought it was going to. Um, tried to stream Fall Guys, and because I haven't been streaming PC games for a while, uh, I had some trouble. So, <laughs> had, oh. had a little bit of uh, technical issues with, um, with that one. Um, my, my poor computer, uh, was trying so hard to... <laughs> <laughs> to do all the things at once. Um, but uh, that particular stream didn't go as well as I would have hoped. But um, 
that didn't really bother me too much uh, because I know that I'm not really going to be uh, playing too many PC games, but uh, eventually I will work out a way that will work for my computer's sake that isn't going to make it work too hard. So <laughs> there will be some PC games uh, in the future, hopefully. Um, but f I recently bought Fall Guys and oh my goodness, it is hilarious. It is fun and I highly recommend it. If uh, It's on PlayStation 4 and on PC. I got it on PC because I don't have a PlayStation 4. Um, so I had to purchase mine. Uh, however, if you are a PlayStation 4 owner you and you also have the uh, PlayStation Plus, you can get Fall Guys for free, um, which is really cool. Um, and I highly recommend it. It is a lot of fun. It is a... It is a multiplayer online game only. Uh, so you do need to have an internet connection for this game. Um, okay. But in saying that, it is worth it. It is so much fun. <laughs> it's it's so funny that you mentioned that because uh, I was literally going to suggest it to you at some point. Yeah. Because like I've been here, I've been hearing about it a lot. A lot of a lot of my work friends have been playing it, and they they keep talking about it. Yeah. And when I realize really, I realized it was kind of like this cool looking animated thing. I was like, oh, this might be up full years, Ellie. Yes. And yes. Turns out I'm right. I I've been <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Twitch streamers play Fall Guys. And let me tell you, just watching it looks really frustrating, but hilarious. <laughs> um, nice. And then I tried it out and it was the same. And it was just as, you know, just as frustrating. But, you know, just it makes you laugh because <laughs> you're like, you're trying to get your little... Because the characters look like beans <laughs> with <laughs> arms and legs. Uh, with a little, like with cute. two eyes. And that's all you get for a face. And it is so cute, and you can dress them up in different costumes that you can get um, with the uh, with the currency that they use, which they use kudos as a currency. Um, and you can also purchase really rare items and um, reactions for your character um, if with um, with crowns, because if you win, you win crowns, and with those crowns, you get really specialty items. Um, and I haven't won one yet, so <laughs> you'll get there. I haven't. I've never gotten to the final round. That's my one thing that's been bugging me. The, the, for the past week that I've been trying to play it, I've never gotten past round four. <laughs> How many rounds are there? It depends on the number of players that get through each round. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so for me, I've gotten... My, my personal best has been round four, um, but then I, I failed. So <laughs> Persistence. I failed miserably. Persistence, you'll get there. <laughs> um yes no i will definitely do my best to get there but um yeah apart from that still animal crossing still paper mario um a lot of people are loving the paper mario streams uh purely because i put on voices when i play that game um, oh, <laughs> yes especially especially the toad voices um uh, my viewers really love the toad voices um <laughs> i've <laughs> I've had to get uh, Michael Davidson to help me with little voice warm-up <laughs> exercises Aww. because uh, toad the toad voice can really hurt my throat. So, <laughs> are you going to give us a preview, Fulia? <laughs> that didn't sound too enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, genuinely, genuinely, I have a, I, I oh, do good. a to I do okay. a toad voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. Um, you can check that out over on Twitch and on my YouTube channel. <laughs> my voice She's is not like, warmed up I'm, for this. <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the spot. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Um. But yes, it's been it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm loving the viewer interactions. I love chatting to people and and you know meeting new people and all that sort of stuff. So it's been really awesome. Um, and just the fact that I'm, you know, my, my network in, in Twitch streaming is growing. So Good. I'm finding other Twitch streamers that are doing similar, that are playing similar games and they really appreciate when, you know, uh, when you go in and see them or they come and see you. So it's sort of like a, a give and take sort of thing. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And the fact that they also acknowledge you as a streamer as well is really cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. having a lot of fun. Check you can check it out over on Twitch uh, and um, YouTube. Uh, I upload and archive all of those videos. Um, finally, the last part of my villager hunt that went for eleven hours is now available. <laughs> you <laughs> can watch it. Yay. Didn't suffer for nothing. It's, it, it's it's under fifteen minutes, so um, it is all the highlights from uh, from part four, but. My goodness, part four, I go a little nutty. I have a giggle fit. <laughs> and all my viewers oh, were... how unlike mm-hmm. you. But that was, that was like towards the end and that was at the 10-hour mark. So I was tired. You were delusional. <laughs> and delusional. And my, <laughs> and my viewers were worried. <laughs> wow. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Suddenly, Folia was in the game. <laughs> Nobody knew yeah. about her. Uh, that was my descent to madness. Um, Wayne. Yes, my dear. <laughs> what have you been up to in terms of Fred this week? Yeah, so uh, Fred Watch Lockdown Special Number 2, where we review My Year Without Sex, is out there Ooh. as well. Yeah. So um, yes. w- well worth a listen. It's a great discussion of a great movie. Um Philip and I were joined by the lovely Kendall and the lovely Fulia. And yeah, yeah it was a wonderful uh, discussion on uh, Sarah Watts' last feature film um, that is available mm. now and coming hopefully this week. Um, Philip and I are joined by the lovely Kendall <laughs> um, for Yay. lockdown special number three, where we discuss a film called Death in Brunswick, which is uh, a cult classic, I suppose, in terms of Australian cinema. And all three of us are watching it and experiencing it for the very first time. So um, tune Mm. in on Thursday to see if uh, we hold it up in as high regard as as other uh, people do, because it does have its fans. So it's, again, another interesting discussion. also, if you go on to the Fred the Alien SoundCloud, if you want to go back and listen to the Fred Watch films, um, you can hit a new playlist called The Complete Collection. And what this does is this gives you every Fred Watch episode in order. So it's the regular season with all the bonus episodes as well in the order that they were released. So you don't have to split over two 
um, playlists anymore of regular season and bonus content. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yes, it's up to you. You can stick to the full season if you like, uh, or you can listen to the full season with uh, bonus episodes spliced in between. Um, so yeah, so a new Fred watch will be coming out this week, I hope, and we'll be recording another lockdown special in a few days. So yes, watch the space. <laughs> awesome. Mm. Very good yes. stuff. Nice. All right. Well, um, I, I think that might be a wrap on the show. What do you guys I think? I think so too. Hmm. Mm. Okay. One, two, three. That, that was a podcast, was a podcast called, called Fred. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for future podcasts from Fred the Alien. Follow us on our SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. For Fred the Alien merchandise, go to our website, fredthealienproductions.com, and follow the link to our Redbubble, where you can get apparel, home decor, bags, and stationery. With our own unique Fred the Alien designs by our talented team, Unibums, Incompetent Gamers, our live stage shows, and more, that was the Fred plug. Yeah, it was. Yes, I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Wayne Stellini. And I've been a Fulia Cantaramaggio. And you've just experienced... And you just experienced... A podcast... A podcast... Called... Fred... Fred... Fred. <laughs> Remember to eat beef. Yes. Eat yes. your beef. Get your beef in you. Yep, never forget. Never forget... Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it very much. Thank you. We love you all. Yes. Love, 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 love. Stay safe. Mask up. Wash hands. Do all that stuff you should already be doing. And play Animal Farm if you want to. That's okay. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) and... (laughs) See...